Halloween episodes. So excited for spooky. <laughs> so spooky. Uh, I'm going to start this off by saying I'm a damn dirty liar. Um, and we're not doing the one you think we're doing. Oh, no. Wait. I didn't even know the one that we were doing because you wouldn't Did you tell forget? me. Well, but you for- I asked you which one you wanted to do and you, you told me which oh, one you wanted to do. And then yes. I promptly disregarded that. Oh, that's mean. Well, Yes, but it's my podcast, and I am a dictator within the realm of my podcast. I guess. So, uh, I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, Paige. Yes. How do you feel about romance novels now? Uh, I still, I, I, I still don't feel necessarily inclined to read them on my own time, but I do have a jam and a half talking to them about... Uh, talking about them with you sorry i, I also do talk there. to them yes i do talk to them i whispered my secrets Paige, uh i've got some questions to to start this off to give you the tenor of what we're going to be looking at today um so uh, before we crack into that though i wanted to preface this by saying this is not maybe uh, the most traditional of halloween episodes i did look at some very like traditional halloweeny kind of subjects you know initially like i said to you that you also totally forgot because you disregard everything i say to you um the crusty cole book that i was thinking we were gonna do was um uh, about ghosts and it's a really appropriate book i recommend it actually reading it for Halloween, Paige, I think you would really, really enjoy it. It's one of my favorites in the entire series. I do um, I like ghosts. Link later. I, I do I like you, them. I think you would genuinely very much enjoy this one. So I'm going to send you the link. Oh, thank you. I, for a couple of reasons, I chose the subject we're, we're going to be covering today. This one, this episode is going to be different overall because I'm not going to be covering a single book. I'm going to be covering a series. Um, and I'm... I, it's also not traditionally Halloweeny. It doesn't have ghosts. It doesn't have ghouls. Um, in fact, it's it's rather Christian in nature, um, which tickles me. It's one of the rare books that I read that is that genuinely like scared the shit out of me at certain oh. points and made me cry. Uh, and uh, which is not that big of a feat if I'm being honest. I cry all the time. Um, I cried last night actually playing Stardew Valley. Oh, <laughs> but. <laughs> I got it. I I got a couple of chickens, and I can't wait make one of them happy. And I don't know why. My poor little Snooch too, named after my dog Snooch. I uh, hate. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I hate the word Snooch for a dog. <laughs> Second of you all, know, did you get Stardew Valley uh, for Nintendo Switch, or are you playing it on your PC? Oh, I got it for Switch. Okay, you should talk to Libby about that because she's uh, Libby's my sister. She is absolutely obsessed with Stardew Valley. I feel like that makes sense. I feel like she's also uh, way better than me. It's very stressful. It's a very stressful game. I don't know why people find it so relaxing. I like it. I think she just likes to farm. Uh, so this is not traditional Halloween subject, but it was it was scary enough that I felt like it. It was fitting. Also, I can do whatever I want. This is my podcast. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, and then on top of that, the third book in the series just came out as of Tuesday, I believe. Oh, no, that was quick. Came out on the f- came out on the first, um, and which is not Tuesday, uh, but 
I I really want to support these books. I want them to do really well. I know that this book uh, took a while to write and that its release was actually delayed a little bit. Um, and probably because of COVID. <laughs> you know. know. Um, so I want to do my part. Um, and I just genuinely really really enjoy these books they're so thoughtful and so well done that i wanted to do a special episode specifically to promote the one that just came out so we shall begin now Paige. yes how do you feel about the book of revelation i'm not familiar with it please enlighten me about the book of revelation do you do you know what bigger book the book of revelation is contained within it's in the bible Yes, it is in the Bible, yes. Oh, oh, I am, okay, I am very unfamiliar with, like, the stories within the Bible. I have, I did not grow up, uh, I mean, my parents are kind of somewhat a little bit religious, but not enough where they took us to church or really taught us anything about religion. So I really, I'm just, I am completely in the dark on that one please do enlighten me of the book of revelation cool 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 cool, cool. so um the book of revelation is uh the (laughs) the dystopian au at the end of the bible oh Um, that's fun so (laughs) so the bible is like it starts out with a bunch of wacky stories, right? It's about like, like talking snakes and you know six-headed angels and stuff. Oh, like I that. do remember a like lion that. at some point. Yeah, yeah. There's that. There's like lion-headed angels with like ten faces that like turn around in a circle, and they're like legs of fire and like arms that are like scythes and stuff, like crazy shit. Um, and then like towards the middle, we get like mostly uh human stories about like you know angel angelic intervention but like the the vast majority is like human centered right and then we hit revelations and revelations is like fire and brimstone snakes raining from the sky like uh at one point an angel is described as like having legs that are pillars of fire like it's just like they, they go right back to just the craziest shit um which is fun but it's also like the one that predicts the end of the world. It's it's the one that has like uh you know um the rapture. Do do you know what the rapture I is? I am aware of the rapture. Is this also for horsemen? Or is that kind of like a separate thing? <laughs> it's funny you should say something about the four horsemen. Is this a four it- horsemen book? It's the Four Horsemen books, yes. <laughs> yes. I roped you into it. I said I wouldn't, but I did anyway, because I'm a liar and a scoundrel. <laughs> fun fact. Um, Abigail How fun is gave, it? Me a, gave me a choice to either do a Four Horsemen or a Cressley Cull, and I chose Cressley Cull. But when she mm-hmm. asked about horsemen, she didn't say Four Horsemen. She just said Horsemen. So I thought she meant Headless Horsemen. And I was like, let's do that one. But it wasn't even about that. You know, so I did a bunch of research on this. By which I mean I did about an hour's worth of research on oh, this. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I did more than that. But, like, I, I'm i not uh, a, a biblical scholar. I'm, I'm There are people who study, like, Christian theology in fiction as their life's work that ain't me dog i don't know if you could pick up on that but it's not uh yeah but 
um, it is it is definitely a, a huge subject. Um, but I was able to look up some really really interesting articles on the subject, and I I stumbled across several avenues as I usually do when I'm doing research on these things, and um. There's this really good PBS article. It's a long-form article that interviews, like, I think it was several, uh, like, professors of theology across the United States um, about, like, their definitions of, like, uh, apocalypse and, um, uh, like, what the tenor of the Book of Revelations is, what the content is, like, its effect on... Um, literature so there's i'm gonna all of this is going to be linked in the sources in the show notes as i usually do um but it's a really good article i highly recommend looking it up it's by pbs oh okay yeah um all right and pbs and i yeah coming in coming in hot with the scholarly articles but i i also went down the rabbit hole of like okay obviously christian theology has like hugely influenced western media particularly revelations right because it's the story of the end of the world and everyone likes to talk about the end of the world specifically now for reasons mm. um in uh in oct on october 3rd yes october th- i had to check october 3rd of our year of our lord 2020 we're talking a lot about this um <laughs> but we always have. And plus, the, like, imagery is super fun, and there's, like, the, the mark of the beast and the Antichrist, and, like, Jesus comes down on, like, a white steed with a f- flaming sword to take out demons and stuff. Like, we're gonna play with that. It's what we do. See, when people um, argue uh, a lot in political uh, opinions and they bring up Jesus, why don't they bring up ja- that Jesus? The one that rains down with a flaming sword. Well, you know what's really interesting is I've found a lot of scholars who, um, so I was looking for, like, the source of, of the Four Horsemen canon, I guess you could say, <laughs> and something I came across was that um, many people believe now that the interpretation of the first horseman who emerges, which is, spoilers, pestilence, or the conqueror, is actually Jesus himself. I love that he for comes, him. Look at him going he, full circle. Yeah, he comes not as a savior, but as a conqueror. Uh, because the people who are left on earth are not the people we're saving, right? So he's he's there to do a job, and that is to take out, you know, the Antichrist and defeat evil and to wipe the slate clean. He's not there to save. Um, which is a really interesting interpretation that I would have gone real hard for, like, you know, as, like, a 12-year-old. Like, oh, Jesus comes back for revenge? uh, So every now and again, when I was in sixth grade, I would go to these kid mixers, like, little, like, Christian clubs with my friend who was also named Paige, coincidentally. And uh, Mm -hmm. I would always just kind of, like, ignore... All the other kids talking about uh, God and religion and Jesus and their youth leader talking about stories and and bringing up Bible quotes. And I would just kind of eat ice cream and do my own thing. And uh, but if they had been talking about that, I would have been much more interested. You know, the only (laughs) the funniest thing is, like, I think the only interpretation that I've ever seen uh, in media that actually follows this where Jesus is like an action hero um, is the Christmas special of um, American, uh, American Dad, <laughs> where the, the rapture happens and Stan and Francine are not raptured because they have sex in the Catholic oh, Church and the no. Christmas Mass. 
And, uh, and uh, Jesus comes down and he's just shredded. I love and, that. Like, and he actually steals Stan's wife. He steals Francine. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun. That's funny. Because um, he's super hot. But <laughs> I, 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 I also think I would have been much more interested. I, I find it very interesting anyway, but I, I do think that's fascinating um and was not my understanding my understanding was that jesus was like the the four horsemen were like a task force and whereas he was like uh, the president coming down for a visit right like or something that's not a good metaphor but you know what i'm saying i do um okay so before we get into that page uh what is your favorite type of apocalypse my favorite type of apocalypse Yes. Ooh. Um I'm always down for a zombie apocalypse, but the slow moving kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh because the fast of zombies are too scary. <laughs> fast zombie I mean like World War Z I love the book. I tried yeah. watching the movie a long time ago and I couldn't do it because of how fast the zombies were and I just did not like it. Very scary. I do. I do love that. Movie, yes. Though. Very scary. I quite like the zombies. Um, Alien is also fun. I think those are my top two: zombies and aliens. Okay. I'm not too fond of. Uh, I guess zombie would kind of fall under pandemic, but specifically mm. like hardcore pandemic. Not into it. Don't mm. like it. And then like nuclear is. Eh. Well, um, I think you you may like this. I, I uh, the interpretation of um these books and the apocalypse within them. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I'm not someone who particularly cares about dystopian uh flavors. You know, it's not, it's not if I'm going to Baskin Robbins, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dip my little. Uh, plastic tasting spoon in into that particular bucket generally it's just so grisly um, so grim it's grim the world's grim enough i don't need to think about how it can end in different ways uh <laughs> you know um but that being said these books are despite being very dark they are also tremendously hopeful um so the books we are talking about today are the it's the four horsemen series by laura thalassa now, um, she is, uh, she's written a lot of books. I have read some of her other ones. These are by far my favorite. There are three books out now. The first one is Pestilence. The second one is War. And the third one is Famine. I have not read Famine yet because that is my plan for tomorrow. <laughs> Abigail's going to be in her jammies all day. And I'm going to read the book and I'm going to cry. I'm probably going to throw up like a little bit because some stuff gets really nasty. Um, and I'm going to like drink tea and then I'm going to sleep. And that's going to be my day. Good for you. I have a whole thing. I have the whole thing. I was going to try and read it for this, and then I was like, no, that's that's the Abigail time. I'm not going to do that. So, um, the first book, Pestilence, begins with, uh, basically, the apocalypse happens. All of a sudden, across the world, um, planes fall out of the sky, nuclear weapons go off, like, all technology stops working. Anything with an engine basically becomes a death trap because it may work for a little while, but it probably is going to explode and kill everyone on board or like, you know, anyone near it at some point soon. Um, people are basically sent back to the stone age. Um, and so the, the four horsemen emerge 
and they wreak havoc for like a few days or a year or something like that. Um, and then they disappear. So the world is plunged into darkness and then we jump ahead four years and the horsemen have not been around for this time as the world has kind of disintegrated and fallen upon itself. Um, but all of a sudden pestilence rises again and his brothers are nowhere to be seen. Um, but he begins to ride across the world and wherever he rides, he spreads, uh, tremendous unstoppable illness, um, which in 2020 is perhaps a little bit of a rough thing to read one might say yeah i feel like some people are like not a lot of people but i bet some people are speculating some apocalypse kind of situation with with all this uh pandemic mess (laughs) You know the 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 troubles. You know the the the, the unfortunate times. You know the major um, twenty twenty pandemic. That twenty twenty mood. Twenty twenty mood. I will say, if it helps at all, um, the the illness in the in the book does not in any way resemble coronavirus. That's good. So that helps. Unlike when I read The Girl in Red from uh written by Christina Henry at the beginning, I picked it up and was like, cool, I could use like a sort of dystopian style like uh Little Red Riding Hood retelling. Nice. And I did not realize that it actually was about a pan- a viral pandemic. That was a respiratory disease that begins as a dry cough and then kills within a week. And I was like, oh, and oh no. Uh. <laughs> I got through it. That one was rough. Um, this is not that. This is more like a, a super fast black plague. Um, and it's unstoppable. Uh, because wherever he rides, he, he, he kills. And we actually begin this story with Pestilence riding through a, a sort of like backwater upper east coast town and he is shot off of his horse uh and and grievously injured um the person who shot him is our heroine of the day her name is sarah and sarah Sarah is sarah has been left she's gotten the she picked the short straw she's been picked to be the last person in the line of defense of her town everybody has evacuated but they left one person to try and take him out to stop his spread. Um, and it was her. So Sarah is a sort of like rough and tumble um, young woman who's kind of come of age in the time of the apocalypse. So she's she's pretty like hard scrabble. Um, she's a fire person. Fire, fire, fireman? Does it, is, that some, is that right? Firefighter. Fire, firefighter. There we go. Um, I don't want to get all gendered with it. <laughs> um, but she's she's not... I'll be honest with you, she's not my favorite type of protagonist. I'm not particularly a fan of the, like, women who... I don't think... I don't have a problem with the type of woman who talks like this, but when authors go out of their way to make a woman seem, quote-unquote, masculine by giving her, like, a really, really foul mouth, um, in a way that's unnatural... (laughs) Whenever something goes wrong, they go like, oh, shit, tits, or something like that, right? Uh, it's like, no one talks like that. It's like ham-fisted. No one... they, they, it's yeah. not enough to just say bad words. You have to add flair. Mm-hmm. Except you don't, and it's actually really annoying. 
And it and it implies that the person is putting more effort and thought into their curses than is necessary. Exactly. Um, so that was my only little pet peeve with this book. Sarah has shot him. She's laid in wait for him in the forest. She she shoots him, and he's not dead. And she's like, ah, shit. So she goes up to him in the road, and he begs for his life. Um, and she really doesn't want to hurt anybody, but um, she she shoots him in the head. Oh, love it. Um, point point blank, and then shoots his horse. Oh, why she shoot the horse? Because, I mean, the horse is also, like, supernatural, I suppose. Does the um, horse look different? I was wondering that. Is it, like, a oh, ghost horse? Is it a skeleton oh, horse? Like, what kind of ghost? Paige, Paige, you know, I'm so glad you asked. Because I have a visual aid. <gasps> send me. Now, I'm going to send it to you on Facebook. Okay. Um, And I, I want you to know that I worked really hard on this. Um. <laughs> I spent way too long doing this instead of researching. So um, please, please appreciate it. You did do an art. I did do an art. Oh. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please describe what you see, please? Okay. So it is a painted mural of the four horsemen. And the horses are, you know horses they're different colors and the horsemen are riding the horses each having their own kind of like weapons and things uh to resemble Mm -hmm. what kind of you know uh what what kind of diseases and apocalypse parts they are you know like the four horsemen Mm -hmm. and on every Mm -hmm. single head of every single character it's chav robert pattinson (laughs) why did you do this uh, you should zoom in no, and just kind of take a gander I around. I see them. They're everywhere. Do you, see, do you see the one next to the unicorn? Yes, I see the one next to the unicorn. He's just standing there. Why is he always just standing there? <laughs> see, okay. So, it's called the Rob Popalypse. I hate it. <laughs> and it's now my desktop background. Um, and I will be posting this on Twitter in case you would like it as your desktop background. You're welcome. It's okay. Um, I'm okay. I'm good. Well, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to my beautiful audience who will appreciate it. I don't think they will. Um, mm, they have good taste. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're listening to this right now and you make Chav Robert, Chav, Chav Robert Pattinson your desktop background, please... Get help. Uh, or just listen to more podcasts. Okay, so Paige, I want you to zoom in on the one in the in the the, the, the Rob on the white horse. That's who we're talking about right now. Okay. So uh pestilence is supposed to have come through onto Earth wearing a crown, carrying a, a bow and arrow, um, and riding a beautiful white horse. Um, in the book, he is golden-haired and angelic and has golden armor. Um, and he's very much he's very much an angel. And and I, I liked this part of the book because Laura Thalassa, she really digs into the fact that he is unhuman. He is he's not a person. He has never been a person. Um, so the the main point of the plot is that over this course of this journey he takes with Sarah um he he finds humanity and 
uh, he he comes to Earth as a conqueror and is himself conquered. Um, which I love. I absolutely love that. I also love me, like I said in, in our Kraken episode, I love me a never been kissed subplot. I do love it that. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Because this boy a virgin. He's a turbo virgin. <laughs> It'd be mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I, I can't imagine that, you know, you'd be more, you'd be experienced in the afterlife, heaven, hell, wherever well, they uh, come from. Well, you know, it's, he, it's not even that. It's more like he, he looks down upon all humans, right? Like he looks down on them as being vile, as, as being inherently, like they had so many chances to fix themselves. And now he's been sent by God to do this horrible thing that he doesn't really want to do. But that humans have earned. And so he's very angry. He's incredibly angry. He also hates humans because Sarah is not the first person to kill him. Oh. Uh, he he tells her later that, um, did you think you were unique? That you were the only person to think of laying in wait for me? Uh, everyone does that. And it's fucked up that he is an angel who can't die but he can still be hurt so, so violently. He still feels pain. So when Sarah shoots him, she shoots him. And when she sets him on fire while he's begging for his life, he he's set on fire. Is he... So what happens after that? Is he... Does he just not die? Or do, is he, like, rebirthed somewhere? Like, does he respawn he, like a video game character just in the same spot? No. He he very much um he he basically just has to rebuild himself. Like he he has to heal. So he's still his crusty burnt out husk, right? Um but he has to heal over time. And he heals very quickly, but like yeah, he's he's got one body basically. Kind of like a Deadpool situation. Yeah, like a Deadpool situation. Like he 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 can probably like regenerate limbs and stuff. Um but you know he doesn't just like pop back fully formed. Got right? it. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil this book too much because, like I said, I really want you to read the series. I also want people to buy the new one. Um, so I, that's why I'm kind of bundling these together so I don't actually talk about the plot too much. Um, but I will say that like the 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 book starts from this incredibly violent place and a place of like a lot of hate it's like the ultimate enemies to friends to lover situation i do like that trope that is one of my absolute favorite tropes and it is the it is a hard distillation of that trope but like because uh pestilence basically the only reason he doesn't kill her is because he believes that god is telling him that he must punish her um and he, the thing he says to her is that uh, suffering is for the living. So they, in, in revenge for what she did to him and for what all of the humans who have hurt him have done to him, he tortures her. He, like, drags her along behind his horse. Like, he, he uh, shoots her uh, when she tries to run away with his arrows. Um, it's incredibly violent. It's really, like I said, there's really, they picked this for Halloween because, like, it's really dark. That sounds so gnarly. Yeah. Um. And it's it, 
it's hard to picture like how they can go from a place like this and still be a romance novel <laughs> and have it not be like extremely unhealthy. Yeah, it, to describe it lightly, I know you said you didn't want to delve too much into the plot and you, and you want to talk mm-hmm. about the series as a whole, but do for this particular novel and the for these particular characters to get from such strong violent enemies to friends uh mm-hmm. is is it kind of treated like a like eye for an eye situation like you know she shot him he shoots her she punches him he punches her that kind of situation well so the the crux of the of the book is that um god stays uh pestilence's hand when he's about to kill her for what she did to him by basically projecting the uh angelic word for mercy upon her he takes that as oh i'm supposed to show restraint so i can punish her accordingly but what it really is is the thread that ties the whole book together which is the idea that um he has to learn what mercy is he has to learn what compassion is and the conqueror must learn what is worth conquering and that includes himself um and sarah herself has to learn what mercy is because she didn't give him mercy she didn't ask why he was doing what he what he was doing um she didn't stop to put him out of like his pain before she set him on fire you know like she just did what she she thought she had to do she is not any different really from him um, and that's kind of the place they, 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 they come to when they both realize that they, they've just run out of hate to give each other and they don't want to do that anymore. Um, so they, Sarah has also lost her humanity and Pestilence has never had it. So they kind of rediscover this thing together. Um, they conquer love. It's very, very sweet. Um, it's very... <sighs> I mean, it's hard to say anything is realistic in something like this, right? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. With these kind of, I mean, like with, I think with a lot of romance novels in general, especially including supernatural beings, uh, the apocalypse, (laughs) the Rob-popolypse, Chav Robert Pattinson, who now I can't imagine these characters without Chav Robert Pattinson's head. So thank you for That's that. Rough, bud. I blame you entirely. That's rough. How many hours did you spend on that? It's a good hour and a half on that, yeah. Mm. And I was laughing the whole I time. I bet. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you do have to take these, like, you do have to take it with a grain of salt and just appreciate the story. Because obviously... Obviously, it's not realistic. Obviously, if someone's causing uh, a huge plague and riding on a horse, you kind of, you kind of, I feel like it's fair to, you know, shoot them down and try to kill them. I think that's fair. Yeah. And, and they, they, they do address that. Like, they, they, they come to an uneasy understanding with each other. But the, the the point is that they forgive each other. And, um, Especially when she realizes that he has no understanding of the world. He has no understanding of basic human kindness because he's never been shown it. Um, And, you know, you can say, like, well, why would he be? That's true. But also, 
he's never been shown any ounce of human kindness. <laughs> Why would he stop? Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and so it becomes a sort of like dilemma of do I show him, you know, do I, do I show him the good the world has to give? Do I kind of sacrifice myself for that? Is that even worth it? Can he even stop? Is he willing to stop? Is the conqueror willing to stop conquering? Um, and and the truth is that he that he isn't. Uh, he isn't until something happens at the very end where he he go he gets worse. Um, if because of his love for her, he he gets worse because he's experiencing the kind of desperation um, to keep all of his world. He desperately wants to keep her, and he desperately wants to keep his mission that he's been given by God to complete as he understands it, of course. Um, and, and it is a sacrifice that he has to make. He has to conquer himself in order to, to get what he wants. Um, it's a very, very good book. Highly recommend. Very violent. If that is, um, <laughs> you should have picked up on that by the whole, I don't know, <laughs> Uh, meet cute of shooting a man in the head twice and then setting him on fire while he begs for his life. Uh, I don't know if you if you didn't pick up on that. I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I um, would say that it, it's pretty it's pretty grisly, pretty gruesome, pretty violent. Yeah. Mhm. Incredibly so. Um, but I will say maybe not as violent as the second book in the series. Oh no. <laughs> Cause the second book in the series is about war. <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah yeah that yeah. makes a little more sense yeah um and i was surprised by this book for a number of reasons a because um well i really 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 super liked war <laughs> i loved him he was the best he was so fun uh i did not expect him to be fun i expected him to be this like really gruff like alpha male like i fight you know sort of situation mm -hmm. and he was definitely like an alpha male in the romantic you know romance novel genre definition of the term but he he was he was very funny he was very very smart and he had arguably much more compassion at the jump than the female protagonist did mm. um which was very surprising because you know typically what happens with this sort of thing is that um the circumstances will be different, but if we're talking about, like, you know, spreading a, a mythos across several books, if, let's call the Four Horsemen a species, right? You're going to keep some core tenets across that, right? And so I anticipated that, much like Pestilence, War was going to be a sort of other. He was going to be a, an angel who was above the sort of base needs of man, or at least some interpretation of that, even though he'd be a different character, right? But, like, he's still what pestilence is, right? I assumed they came from the same place, they came, they were spawned the same way, they were raised the same way, they would have the same sort of, like, underlying DNA. Mm -hmm. um, and she totally didn't do that. <laughs> I love that. She totally, she made him a completely different character, with completely different abilities, a complete different understanding of the world. Um, and I was so pleasantly surprised by that, because I loved the first book. I just anticipated it would be very similar to the next one. And it wasn't. It was amazing. War is different from Pestilence because Pestilence was created by 
nature. He's created by a force of nature, right? He is disease. He is the conquering army of just plague, right? Something that you can't control. It's not up to man. Um, whereas war is man's creation. Mm. And when you put it like that, I was like, oh, duh. Of course he would be totally different from pestilence. But I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Um, It's smart how how that's different. How they, like, differentiate, uh, like, the the characters. Because when you think of, like, the four horsemen, you think of them all together. Doing Mm -hmm. everything all together at once for this one thing, uh, under their their one command uh but to have them be like totally separate and different characters and to even like come from different places that's really nice that's really smart for her to do that yeah and on top of that i i thought that they would be that things would kind of be happening concurrently right like while pestilence is over there in the united states war would be over somewhere else in the world doing what he's doing europe and so yeah, so they wouldn't like have a they wouldn't ha- they wouldn't have a connection necessarily in terms of like um, a spreading of information, let's say. So I was really pleasantly surprised when we find out that this takes place a couple of years after the events of Pestilence, and um, War knows about Pestilence, and he knows that Pestilence quote-unquote, failed his mission in order to be with a woman. Um, And so we have a context here of war who is made by man, who has, he is, he's the ultimate man. He loves sex. He loves drinking. He loves killing. He loves fighting. He loves music and, and wealth. He's, he's everything. He's the, the most potent distillation of all of man's, you know, vices, right? I bet he drinks Bud um, Light. I bet he, y'all, I bet he drinks a, a Bud Light, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so he, he, he is a man in, in those terms, right? Um, he, he's basically a demigod, I guess you could say. He has that, like, chaotic nature of, like, a great god where he just does whatever he wants. Um, but on top of that, he knows now to expect a wife, and that, those are his words. He's looking for his wife because he knows that Pestilence got one. So he's like, I know God's probably going to throw a woman in my path. And I'm looking forward to that because I want my wife. But also, I'm not going to fail. So I'm going to have my wife and do my job because I'm better than Pestilence. And also, I just love what I do. So please tell me about the wonderful lady in War's <laughs> life because I bet. It is not what he expected. <laughs> Enter Miriam. Miriam. And Miriam, she is such a badass. Yes. She's such a badass. So the whole thing takes place in the Middle East, which I did not expect. I thought, you know, I thought it was going to take place in the U.S. because that's... Yeah. The apocalypse only happens in the United States. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, with current it's, events, yeah. I would not be surprised, frankly, if the apocalypse only happened in the U.S. Or at the yeah, very least, I keep darts here. Keep it contained. Uh, but, so, they meet in Jerusalem when war and his giant rampaging army uh, blazes through. 
And um, Miriam is a weapons maker. She makes weapons out of scrap, basically. Uh, she's she's a small little lady. She's been living on her own because uh, her and her mother and sister were separated in a boating accident when they tried to become refugees. Um, like I said, you know, engines explode in this universe, and that's what happened to them. Their, their boat exploded. And she was actually really severely injured um, by the wreck and has a really gnarly scar on her chest. My Acura could never. <laughs> it can barely now. I don't want to talk about um... it. <laughs> but uh, she actually very narrowly escapes the horde. She's she's out looking for scrap when, when the army blows through and she has the opportunity to leave um, and not be caught by the army and and she doesn't. Um, she comes very, very close to to actually being discovered by War himself right then, um, and he senses her, but he 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 isn't able to spot her, so he leaves. And she chooses to go back in the off chance that she can save even one person from this slaughter, because that's what it's going to be. There's no chance. The reason no one has heard of War being around is because he leaves no one left alive. Um, yeah. It's, it's really brutal, dude. Um, so she goes back to help, and she, of course, <laughs> immediately encounters War again. And she fights him. She, like, stabs him with a dagger in his leg, and he's like, this is fantastic! Who are you? <laughs> um, and uh, she she is almost killed. He, he, like, goes to behead her, essentially, and um, he discovers the scar on her neck. And lo and behold... Um, I believe it is the angelic word for surrender, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows immediately that Miriam is supposed to be his wife. His and, wife. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to limit the Borat jokes to three, so you get one more. <laughs> um, so, so he says, oh, yay, I found you. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to take you back to my camp. Um, and you are going to pledge allegiance to me and become my woman. And she's like, what? Uh, <laughs> and in a fucking baller move. So whenever they take, like, whenever they take slaves slash, like, women, um, new soldiers, whatever, from the cities they've conquered, they, uh, force them into a, a ceremony where they bring them out in a line and they pull them out one by one in front of war and they make them kneel and they say allegiance or death. And if they say death, they get beheaded right there. Ooh. Brutal. And guess which one? Guess which one? Miriam picks. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 He, she, she. Spoiler, she picks death. And he doesn't listen to her. Oh, no. That's not a good way. Mm-hmm. That's not a good start to this. But he's delighted. He's delighted by her defiance. And I love that about him. I will say, Miriam is a lot... She she goes out of her way throughout the rest of the book to fuck up his plans. To, like... She, like, sneaks out to, like, sabotage his army. She, like, kills... While she... <laughs> she kills his own soldiers while they're out rampaging. <laughs> like, she, she just... She, she makes it into a game with him, essentially, where, like, to win chances to go mess up his plans, she, like, gives him, like, bargains where she, like, moves into his tent, for instance, in exchange for her being able to go and uh, get messages out to go warn other people that he's coming. Um, 
And she's super, super smart, but she's also incredibly calculating um, and incredibly brutal. She tries to kill him several times. At one point, she tries to kill him with his own sword, which upsets him very much. It's a bold move, though. It's, it's a bold move. Uh, and uh, what I like about him specifically is that he is about a thousand times more compassionate than pestilence and he's definitely more compassionate than she is he loves her from like the jump despite being war he's also he's he's the embodiment of like vicious emotion Mm -hmm. right and one of those is definitely love right like you can't i mean hate isn't all that far from love it's really not he he takes he does um, not take things in half measures he doesn't, and he 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 never harms her. He never, he like barely even hurts her feelings. Like he he's the complete opposite from Pestilence, who literally tortured the woman he ended up falling in love with for many days, um, deservedly so, one might say. But still, yeah, I I really really loved the book. Uh, the book ends with, uh, you know, a, a happy ending. All of these books do. Um, that's good. I, I, I was going to ask that earlier, but I didn't know if that was a little too like spoilery to ask if it ends in a happy ending. But I'm glad that they do. Well, all romance novels, by definition, end with a happy ending. I see. But yeah, I, I don't think I would have been able to go to the next one if it hadn't ended with a happy <laughs> ending. If I'm being honest. Uh, real quick, uh, War is the chop Robert Pattinson on the brown horse, right? Yes. Okay, just asking. Actually, I'm going to send you the the real covers so you can get a good look. Um, How do you feel about abs? They're nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. They're good. Well. Okay. Okay. All All right. right. Good to Mm -hmm. know. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Why these guys all got washboard abs? Uh, yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. like obvi mm-hmm. also i just find war just like to be the most attractive but i just like big beefcakes so i don't know if you knew that about me Paige. no i did i did you've mentioned oh, it quite shit. a few times what no i'm, I'm very discreet uh mm, sure oh war he is pretty beefy he's a beefy boy he's a whole beef patty what are those and muscles called, muscles. like, on the rib cage on the side of the body, just under the pecs? Are they, like, <sighs> obliques? No, those are, like, the strat something. Mm. Some you think, you know, us having both taken human anatomy in order to uh, multiple to and do the things that we've multiple done? Multiple anatomy we classes. I don't know. In my anatomy class, especially the one where we sculpted the skeleton and the muscles on top of the skeleton... Usually my teacher would just reference the muscle name once and then go, okay, well, this, like, leg bit and this arm bit and this, like, this, this, uh, this, uh, neck bit. Everything just turned into bits. Okay, well, we have, we, it's the serratus interior. Serratus interior. He got some pretty strong serratus interiors. I don't know. How how do you work out that muscle? you, You do a lot of Wii sports. Oh, like the like the stepping one? 
Uh, no, you play, like, the volleyball. Oh. And the tennis. <laughs> Those are less fun than the steps. You gotta go through a lot of uh, TVs because you're constantly throwing your Wii remote. <laughs> I was always good about keeping the strap on uh, for the little Wii remote. And you weren't working hard enough! <laughs> Excuse you. That's rude. I want you to know, Paige, that um, for this, I for this whole podcast, I actually did reference uh, my great-grandmother's Bible. <laughs> um, and I, I felt very... <laughs> Felt really weird doing so. But you know what? She was also a big fan of Revelations because by golly, there are a lot of highlights in the uh in the, the good old book of prophecy here. When did you get that? When did you get Okay, side note, pestilence, eh, he looks pretty good. I don't know about the long hair. War's better. I think War's war better. is better. I like yeah. I like Pestilence armor. It's very fancy. He's got he's got the glitz, got the glamour, but uh, war just seems more more uh, durable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'd ride him into battle, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you have... I didn't even know you had a Bible. <laughs> yeah, my grandma gave it to me a while back. Uh, I'm not particularly religious, one might say. And if I am, I'm, I'm some sort of heathen, probably. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Um, but uh yeah my 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 grandma gave it to me and uh it was very nice i yeah i, I didn't anticipate uh, the first time i cracked it open to actually study something in in the old good book <laughs> would be for my smut podcast but here we are uh, here we are you know what i bet your great grandma's looking down and she's like yeah sounds about right mm. She highlighted a lot of stuff about damnation. I don't know if <laughs> I'm I'm not sure how how happy she'd be about it. But you know what? I'm happy about it. And I asked my grandma, I sent her a picture last night of me of me doing this, and I was like, Do you think Grandma Helen would be cool with this? And she was like, I'm sure she'd love it. So I mean you're still studying. Who's to Who's say? Who's to say? Uh you know, is it wrong? Is it is it inherently sinful to want to bone down with one of the horsemen of the apocalypse? It's not in the Bible, so I, it's, I don't think it's, so. It's not. I, I I think you're in the clear here, to be honest. I, I do think it is a problem to want to bone down with an angel, but they're not angels. They're not. They're not. One of them might be Jesus. I'm being, if I, I, I'm just saying, if they're cool with it, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pass. If they can consent, then we're fine. Uh, all right. So go read the third book, Famine. It just came out uh, the other day, October 1st. It will definitely still be out because that's how books work. Um, it's really, really good. I am very, very excited to read it. The whole series is very good. Paige, I think you would enjoy them a lot. It sounds like a goodly time, to be honest. They're very action-packed and fun and pacing wise they're fantastic they're fantastic books they're fantastic i haven't even read them and you know who would be great playing war who tom hardy oh my god tom hardy or actually jason (gasps) he would be fantastic jason Jason also he wears eyeliner which is canonically what happens in the really yes he wears eyeliner yes Jason Momoa looks fantastic with eyeliner. 
Jason Momoa looks fantastic. Period. Anything. Anything. Looks fantastic. I wish I was Jason Momoa. Me too. Okay. So, I hope everyone has a fun and safe Halloween. Uh, I'm probably going to be watching a Scooby-Doo movie with my roommates. Paige, what are you going to be doing? Oh, I'm going to be moving. Right. Uh, will be... Well, you should be done yeah, by it then. Should, it should be done by then. Uh, Halloween is like the day uh, <laughs> uh, that we're going to be finished moving. And uh, I'm probably going to just watch Charlie Brown like I did last year. All right. Well, that's a much scarier film than uh, the Scooby Doo movies for sure. I don't know um, Scooby Doo uh, with the with the zombie uh, island. Scooby Doo and Zombie that Island is yes. pretty terrifying. We can't do that because we watched that at the beginning of quarantine. I'm pulling for the witch one with the Stephen King knock- knockoff. Oh no! <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that was a Stephen King knockoff, and that was voiced of. Oh, Oh gosh! Mm-hmm. What was it? what's his name? Tim, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. I totally forgot about that character. And it's got the hex girls. The if you're into that girls. sort of thing, and we're gonna put a spell on you. Many sexual awakenings happened uh, upon glimpsing the oh, hex girls so for the first many. time, and so many improper, uh, just knowledge on uh, Wiccan and Wicca. Cause it's <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of misinfo there, huh? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, yeah. So everyone have a very safe and uh, very conscientious, but very fun Halloween. I don't suggest trick or treating, but you know, you do you. Uh, it's up to you, I suppose. Uh, hopefully, the world is not still on fire by then, but we'll see. Um, yeah. If you want to catch up with me, uh. I am at Abigail K. Kelly at, at Twitter. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Kingdom of Thirst. Um, you can send me an email at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You can visit our website, Kingdom of Thirst. I don't know if you're picking up a pattern here yet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, send me your suggestions, send me your complaints, send me your vile insults, whatever you want. Uh, Paige, what do you want to plug? As always, my Instagram is Paige Hughes, P-A-G-E dot H-U-E-S. I am in... Hughes as in color. It's a pun. <laughs> my name is a pun. It's a good Wall. time. Wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an LA-based illustrator. Uh, go ahead and uh, come see my uh, art if you'd like to. And uh, commissions are always open. I like to draw dogs. So if you have a pet... I'll draw them. <laughs> Whether you want me to or not, I'll draw them. Alrighty, we're going to check out here. Uh, happy Halloween. Go read these books. Hi, Laura Thalassa. You're great. Uh, please write death very soon because I want to read that book also. Okay, goodbye. Bye.